Hello and welcome to Ias Gablan, a bi-weekly podcast from four Latinx daughters. I know you sound like, hello. <laughs> Do we start off with hello? Like, hi. <laughs> yeah, we can start with hi. I guess like, um, welcome. Yeah, welcome to um, Ias Gablan. Our first episode. I know this is so exciting I'm like ah but I guess we can start off with introductions since that's what we said that we were gonna do and I guess I'll start so my name is Maria Jose Um, my pronouns are she her hers I'm from Dallas Texas Um, I went to college in Los Angeles Um, I guess since I'm talking about school I studied uh, Latinx studies and critical theory and social justice with an emphasis in critical race and gender studies, super long, Um, read a lot, wrote a lot of papers. So if anybody out there ever needs assistance with any of that, let me know. Um, As of so far as like what I do presently, I work with first generation low income high school students that are trying to get to college. Um, so also have a lot of college knowledge. Ew, I felt so weird saying that. I'm like, ooh, it feels like I'm at work. Um, but I also paint on my free time. I create a lot of stuff. Maybe not just paint. I also do silk screen printing. Don't consider myself an artist, but I like to create stuff. Um, and one of our things that we'll be answering today is sort of our favorite snack. And my favorite snack is watermelon sour patch kids. Um, and for like chip wise, I like anything flaming hot. Right now, I'm like on the hot Cheeto puffs for some reason with bean dip. If anybody knows anything, you know, bean dip is where it's at, you know. But yes, that is me. Okay, well, I guess I'll go next. Um, my name is Brianna Serato. I My pronouns are she, her, hers. I also live in Dallas, Texas. I live a little north of where Maria lives. Um, I'm 26 year old, 26 years old. I'm the oldest of this group. I'm one of the older ones in our planning committee that we have uh, within Ijas Unidas. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, I went to school in Arlington. I went to UTA. I have a biology degree. Uh, I currently work in higher education also as a lab assistant and a simulation instructor for the health science department at Collin College, community college um, over here in North Texas. Oh, my favorite snack is popcorn, like buttery, buttery popcorn, movie theater popcorn. That's where it's at for me. And then you add like just a little bit like a snack size of like hot Cheetos to your popcorn. All right. I guess I'll go next. So I'm Lenny. My pronouns are she, her. I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm currently taking a break from school and I'm like figuring out if I'm going to go back or if I'm not, but that's going to be a tricky conversation with my mother. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) um, I'm a film major. Um, I work in the service industry as a server and a host. Um, Trying to get out of there too. Um, You know, the moves. Um, I love to read. Um, journaling is one of my favorite things to do in the entire world. I have like, my journals are like not even half finished, but I keep buying more. It's an addiction. And my favorite snack is watermelon sour patch. Um, and hot Cheetos with nacho cheese. All right. Um, so my name is Adlini and I'm in Southern California. So I am the 
little outlier of the group. And actually, I'm 27 years old, so I'm technically older. <laughs> I'm the oldest one of the group. <laughs> um, I think we've ever talked about our ages now that I think about it. I don't it. think so either. Until, until you mentioned it, I was like, oh, you're 26? I'm like, okay, I don't feel too bad. <laughs> uh, I always feel like I'm the oldest in the group because I feel like I, um, I used to work at, at school as an outreach coordinator and give uh, campus tours. And so all the kids that signed up, they were all like, 19 20 and I'm over here I'm like 25 I'm like oh my god what am I doing but uh, anyway so um yeah I'm in Southern California and my pronouns are she her and I went to school for communications got my degree I've debated if I want to go back for my master's or um or PhD but that's just like not going to happen right now um and what else oh my favorite snack that's really hard to choose because, you know, I could do like turbos with some Valentina or I could do mango con tajin or like just like a nice spicy chili, you know, if I'm feeling healthy. But I mean, fruit will never let me down. It's also never going to make me feel bad afterwards. So I think I'll go with mango. Or like a chamoyada. Oh, my God. I'm making myself hungry now. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's me. <laughs> No, I want to, I feel like we need to have a snack session now. (laughs) Yeah, we, now we move into the ASMR portion of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine, is there a podcast out there where people are just eating? Probably, probably. I mean, if you want to do that, let me know. (laughs) We'll have a a spinoff. That would be a really good one. Oh I my love god! That. I love that. But okay, um, just like a little. I know we're all here and we're like hijas que hablan, but sort of where this all started is hijas unidas. So we were all part of hijas unidas. We're all part of the planning committee. Um, but then even how we got to there. I feel like is interesting. So um, I know that it sort of started with a TikTok that I made which I honestly did not expect anybody to respond because I had made TikToks before and I had no responses. I was just like, I'm a little lame on TikTok. So I was like, I don't expect anybody to respond to what I had to say. But at the time I was reading, um, I'm Not Your Perfect uh, Mexican Daughter by Erika Sanchez, which we read for our book club with Ijas Unidas too. But in the book, she sort of shares a quote or like, I'm paraphrasing it, because you know um I don't know the exact quote I know where it's at in the book but reading in front of people gives me anxiety so I'm just going to paraphrase it and so the paraphrasing like she was talking about one of her sister's friends and she was just like that that sister's her sister's friend turned out to be one of the many Mexican daughters that stayed home so I was just like wait Mexican daughters stay home like that's a thing and then I'm like of course Maria like you're currently at your parents house so like you're one of the ones that came back home at least. So I was just like, why is it, you know, that we don't leave home? Or why is it that we stay? Like, is this a choice? Like, is this like because of cultural structures, right? So I casted my net onto TikTok and I was just like, listen, I need uh, Mexican daughters like myself. Um, What do y'all think? Like, what are the thoughts? And after that, people were like, 
I, di I didn't think I was the only one that thought about this. And from that, people were like, you should make a Facebook group, like you should make this something. Um, and we started off with the Facebook and from the Facebook, um, we kind of is where we came together as sort of the planning committee that we have now. Um, and it started off with Facebook and then it moved on to Discord. And now we have an Instagram, now the podcast, we have a magazine. But it really was that video that brought us all together to sort of commit to creating a space for sort of other Mexican or Latina, Latinx daughters to come together and share, rant, you know, explore different things together, um, talk about all these different topics. But we really, I feel like in a very short amount of time, because this was back when like November-ish, and so like in from November to now that we're in March, I feel like we've created something that I enjoy or look forward to coming to every week. Or like I look forward to like looking at the Facebook group or like the Instagram, the this or that on Instagram is my favorite thing of the week. When it comes up, I'm just like, my day's gonna be better. Like it's gonna be amazing. But I feel like in such a little time, like we've created like such a good community of women um that I was just like oh I didn't expect such a big or such an impactful thing to come out of one video and I'm definitely very grateful for that I don't know if y'all have something else to say so yeah I came across Maria's TikTok actually probably a week after she posted it it popped up on my for you page and I'm assuming it popped up because my phone's always listening and I had just finished reading um I'm not your perfect Mexican daughter maybe like two weeks prior to seeing the TikTok, I had read it, I had read it um, in a book club with my sister and my best friend. And so it was just really random. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, my, my sister and, and my best friend, we all had these kind of questions, but within each other, we kind of already know our stories. So it was just really interesting to see um, that by, by the time I had um, seen Maria's TikTok, the Facebook group was popping, like it was, it was set and going, people were sharing their stories, sharing um, their, their experiences, it, it was really great how they relate to the book or how they don't relate to the book, it, it was a crazy uh, thing to walk into, and I knew that I immediately, like, I, I was like, I need to be a part of this, I need to help organize this, I kind of have um, experience with, like, organizations and kind of being in the leadership spot of, um, of organizations. So I was like, I, I really want to be a part of this. And then um, I got a hold of Maria and we had the first planning meeting. I want to say like literally a couple of days after I joined the Facebook group and uh, just took off from there. Yeah, I found it. I think, I don't even know. I think it, you posted it like and then a few days after and then I joined the Facebook group and throughout the whole time I um, I don't know like there were so many things that I just felt like I was on my own with and I kind of had to figure out myself and you know reading um, you know people's experiences like really opened my eyes to that and I think that's what I really like about EHATS it's like you find the community that it has created um, is really incredible and I'm really excited to see how it grows and where it goes. Yeah, um, I, I don't remember either when I found it, but I know it was definitely around November time, uh, but it just came up on, 
on my for you page and my phone knew I was lonely and needed some friends um and it's so funny because I you know you hear people meeting online and building communities and sharing experiences and I just I was like that's a really nice concept but like how would I how would that happen to me like how would I be able to get involved and I similarly I felt like I was just like the only one out there that had these experiences but I knew that they probably weren't just only to me like I know other people had the same experiences but just where would I find those people to talk to and be able to relate with you know um and so I know when I filled out the questionnaire for joining Misas Unidas I got emotional writing like the why are you why would you want to sign up and like um why do you think this relates to you and I forgot the other questions but they, they I started crying and I was like I just really want to be able to talk about my experiences with other people and feel like I'm not the only one and like I just want to I, I do a lot of things for my sisters because I want to show them like there's other people out there that have our experiences growing up with immigrant parents growing up in a uh, Spanish-speaking household, um, being first-gen in a sense, you know, like, and even though a lot of people out there are talking about their experiences, I still feel like, where do I, where do we find those people? Where do we find our other people that are like us? Um, yeah, so I joined, and here we are, um, March now, and it's, it's been so great to have the weekly meetings, and sometimes I don't make it to them, because I end up falling asleep at work really um, early mornings, but for the most part, it's just so much fun to see where it's going. And we're doing a podcast now. And I think that's pretty cool. So here we are. And I think like the goals of the podcast was to really make sure that we're casting our net as wide as we can, right? Because some people like Facebook is dead to some people, you know, some people are like, I don't get on Facebook no more. And to other people, they're like, I don't Instagram's dead. And then first, like myself, like the Discord, I was like, I don't know how to use <laughs> because I don't know how to use technology. So I feel like the podcast, we decided to sort of really take it on to cast our net wider, but then also maybe to even bring other ECAS on here to speak about their expertises, right? Because we have a lot of ECAS on the Facebook that are like, I'm a therapist or I did this or I did that, right? And sometimes like, on the Facebook post get lost but we also felt that maybe like the the podcast would be sort of a central place where you could hear us and be like oh like I need help with blah 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 and there's a podcast that was created that talks about blah 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 right I'm not gonna say what the blah 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 is or maybe I should you know we're not trying to give all our um all our topics away right away um but yeah I feel like because I at least myself like and I don't know how it works for y'all if y'all are avid podcast listeners but every time like I turn on one of my podcasts which I don't listen to a lot of them but I have you know my favorites and I, I like to hear them because it's like I'm in conversation with them obviously like they're not talking back at me but like I'm talking at them like um, I listen to a podcast called Latinos Who Lunch and I'm just like every time they're having their conversations I'm just like oh my gosh like I, it feels like I'm right there with them. So I feel like I also like the idea of the podcast because I wanted other EHAS to feel like they had a space to have a conversation with us. Yes, tailored in topic, but you know, yes. Yeah, um, I I started getting into podcasts a couple of years ago, and I think my first ones that I started listening to were just crime podcasts, true crime. And so there was actually one called Crime Junkie that I stopped listening for a while because it made me so sad to hear of everything that goes on. I, there was an episode of like these girls that went away to camping and oh man, it broke my heart. 
Um, and so I was like, you know what, like I need to listen to more joyful podcasts in my life. So I started listening to different ones and I found on like Latinx therapy. I found that I think through Instagram. So I started listening. I was like, oh, there's other people with similar experiences. And you know, like you get that feeling you're listening to podcasts and you're driving, you're doing your homework, you're doing something and you're just they're vibing and feeling and you're like yeah you're I find myself agreeing out loud like yeah that's, that's a really good point you know what that is true um and so I want this to be like that for other people to feel like they're in a conversation with us and you know what we got you and we can relate to you and if we can't relate to you uh, or you can't relate to our experiences we can point you maybe to someone who can and can help you and that's really what I hope this podcast grows into just a a helpful guide to life as a Latinx person so with that said, um, I know that for this month, we're celebrating Women's History Month. Um, and I don't know if like growing up, that was a big thing for y'all. I honestly didn't know about Women's History Month until college. And it was because um, I went to a white school. So, you know, and I don't know if it's like this on other campuses. I mean, not just talk about, talk mess about my own school. But they really like to cling to diversity because they're like, we need to program for all these different things because we're already white. So, you know, we have to we have to put on a show. Um, and so Women's History Month, of course, is one of the months. Um, and I was just like, oh, I didn't know this was a thing. And then it's like now I'm now that I am more adult, I'm just like not that I'm grown. Maybe not that I'm an adult either, but now that I'm here, um, I'm just like, oh, it's super cool that we have a month just to celebrate women. And sort of for this podcast, um, even though we're keeping it kind of short because it's our first one, we wanted to talk about our women heroes and who our women heroes are, um, maybe have a conversation about that. Um, and hopefully, like for the listeners out there, if y'all have women heroes that y'all want to share with us, like y'all can always share that on our Instagram or on the Facebook um, or on the Discord, which we will link um, in this video description for y'all, or this podcast description, not video, this isn't YouTube. Um, <laughs> but yes, um, hopefully you enjoy the conversation about our women heroes, and of course, like, we want to hear from y'all as well. I'll start. I have my notes, yes. Um, and like I said, like, or not like I said before, but sort of, I feel like for me, um, I had like in high school, like I had like an existential crisis where I was just like, who am I? Like, who is Maria? Like, who is this person, right? Um, in high school, like I was competing um, in, in like Lincoln Douglas debate, which is like a one-on-one -on -one debate where you debate about these like philosophical questions and you read all this theory. Um, and I feel like that was adding to my existential crisis because I was just like, existence like how do I exist in the world um but in high school I was introduced to one of my now favorite and I guess fundamental books called Borderlands um La Nueva Frontera by Gloria Anzaldúa and so with this book I felt like it allowed me to navigate this existential crisis because I was kind of in a place where I was just like I'm too Mexican to be considered American or to be accepted by American society 
But then when I come home, like I'm too American to be fully embraced by my Mexican culture, my Mexican heritage. There is always like sort of like a disconnect. It was like that saying, you know, like, like not here, not from here, not from there. Um, and I was just like that. I feel like growing up brought a lot of anger to me. But it wasn't until I met this book and I met, you know, the words of Gloria Anzaldúa that I was able to be like, oh, like it's okay to live sort of in this in-between space. And it's okay that like, I live like sort of a, like, like within my psyche, but then also like within this border, right? My existence is sort of between the United States and between Mexico. So like this book became really foundational, not only to who I am, but even in college. Like, I think that every paper I ever wrote in college, I had to cite her some way, shape or form because I used her for most of my frameworks in college. Um, and just in case you missed the name, um, I feel like my women hero for um, this episode or the one that I wanted to talk about is Gloria Andaldua. Um, she is from the Rio Grande Valley in Texas. So she is Tejana. She identifies as Chicana. Um, she's an author, a poet, an activist, a theorist. Her most famous book is the book I mentioned, Borderlands on All Frontera. And it's sort of set up and like the first half is sort of like about history, about theory, um, about all these different things. And then the last portion is about poetry. So if y'all have a chance to read it, y'all should read it. Um, but one of my favorite quotes from the book, which I have a lot. Also, I know this book by memory. So if y'all ever read it and are like, I need to find this thing, or I remember reading this thing, I will be able to find the page for you because I know the book by memory. Like I, I, I have it, but it's kind of just for decoration now because it's like in my brain. But tangents, going back to the quote that I wanted to share. So the quote is, uh, wild tongues cannot be tamed, only cut off. And I feel like this is one of my favorite quotes because I feel that as Mexican women, and I, we, I guess we can say like as women in general, but I would say more specifically to like Mexican or Latinx women, we're taught a lot that we have to stay silent or that we have to be docile or that we have to be, you know, this idea of womanhood that has this very like ladylike put together, right? But here in this quote is just like, wild tongues cannot be tamed. So like we, our language, you know, our culture, our traditions are not something that can be tamed or whitewashed or whatever would have you, right? And the only way that like, and because of that, like our wild tongues give us power. And it's just like that power can't be taken away unless you physically or metaphorically like cut off our tongues. And like, I'm very much about like believing in like your inner voice and like your inner power um, because like we all are very powerful despite how society likes to make us seem like really, really small. Um, so this reminds me or always, um, yeah, always reminds me that, you know, like I am full of power and my voice is important in whatever space that I enter. Um, and it also reminds me that white men can't touch me like I'm untouchable by white men. Like, if you want to fight me, like, I'll fight you back. Um, but yeah, that's my women hero for the month. Um, she's my favorite. She's also my girl crush. Um, I, I would have very much liked to have met her in person, but she passed away in 2004. Um, very much so crush on her will forever be my girl crush. <laughs> 
say yes. <laughs> I guess I can go next. Originally, I had like immediately, um, I'm always drawn to Frida. I've just always liked her, but I feel like everybody kind of knows about her. Everybody's really aware of her story. She's an amazing woman. The most, I would say like, like the biggest person I know who's just herself. Um, but since everybody kind of knows her story and her background and her art, I decided to go with um, Rigoberta Menchu. And I'm so embarrassed to say that before a couple, maybe like two weeks ago, I had never heard of her and I feel like I failed. Um, but I feel like maybe that's, that's the same for a lot of other people. So I really want to share her story or share just a little bit about her. Um, it was funny because like literally right after I went through this, like down this rabbit hole of like reading about her, our um, social media team made a post about her on Facebook, like the very, or I'm sorry, on Instagram, like the very next day. And they did this write up and it was great. Um, but she's an indigenous woman from Guatemala and she did a, or she, she's an activist and she fought a lot for farmers in Guatemala and also um, indigenous rights and women rights uh, over there. So kind of like um, during the, uh, the time, there's a lot of turmoil with between uh, Guatemala's army and the government. Uh, the army was basically like torturing, killing uh, people. Uh, it was really, I haven't read that so much at that time, but when I was reading stuff that had happened to her family, basically her whole family was either like tortured and killed by uh, the Guatemalan army, her, her brother, her father, and her mother. So she's lost, you know, there's a lot of loss in her life. And still she's just like turned and flowered into this amazing person and took all her pain and continued to fight for all these people she like won a Nobel Peace Prize in like in the 90s. She ran for president like two times. <laughs> um, she like started her own political party along with like other people. Um, it was like the first uh, indigenous political party uh, in Guatemala. But really it scratches the surface of what she's done. There's a book that um, is it's not uh, written by her but uh, she, she talks about her story and someone else wrote it for her. So it's like a similar to an autobiography, but not written by hand, but it's translated in so many different languages. It's called I Rigoberta Menchu. I can't remember the last half of the title, but um, I started reading it and it is wild, crazy. Something that I was like blown away by is she learned Spanish in three years. She had to move to Mexico to basically escape because she was she was being hunted down uh, by by the army in Guatemala, and she like escaped to to Mexico and learned Spanish in three years. Pretty impressed with that because um, like I know a lot of people here or like around me in, in high school try to learn Spanish and they struggle with it. And like even me growing up with Spanish as my first language, like that's a hard language to manage around. Um, so that's pretty impressive that she learned it in three years. That's pretty wild. I guess to say that uh, Spanish is not her native tongue. She speaks um, Giche, I think that's how you pronounce it, which is like a Mayan language. And it's funny like that you brought her up because she's one of my, I feel like I have a lot of women heroes, you know, I have a lot of women crushes. I'm very openly gay. So it's just like Barrigo Berta Menchu is one of the stories that I also didn't learn about her until college. 
um and like we were learning about you know like basically the violence that happened in Guatemala was because of the United States. The United States was basically funding both sides of this like civil war that was happening in Guatemala. And it's just like, if y'all ever have a chance to listen to her tell the story, like her entire village basically got executed in front of each other. Like people were lined up. Like this was a time in Guatemala where like bodies were like floating in the river and just like washing up to shore. Like you would have like limbs or like heads or like bodies just like washing up to shore because of how mass the violence was. And of course, like when we think about civil wars in countries, like who gets to the worst end of it, right? The poor people, the indigenous people, the black people, right, right? And so it's just like, in this case, like Guatemala has a big concentration of like Mayan and other indigenous groups. And just like, as Rigoberta and her family, they're all indigenous, like they got the worst end of it. And so it's really sad to see, or like, it was really heartbreaking to see like how much violence she had to endure in her life. And like you said, like, I feel like I'm just like, I feel like for myself, like I would have been paralyzed like with like all these other things, like seeing that happen in my life, like that's such mass amounts of violence. And it's just like, it's, it's, it makes me sad. Cause I'm just like, why is it that like in the world, like it's always like, the indigenous, the black, like the brown, right? The trans, all of these other marginalities. Like, why is it that we always have to experience like so much trauma, but then it also like, and I don't know if this is why she's your woman hero, but it's just like, for me, it's also like, she's just like such a story of resilience and strength that I'm just like, girl, I don't know how, I don't know how you did it, but you've inspired like generations of people to continue doing like the work that she does, not not only for like indigenous people in Guatemala, but just like, like you said, she won a Nobel Peace Prize. So she's encouraging and like inspiring people like at a worldwide level that I'm just like, beautiful. Yeah, she does a lot of like activism uh, um, and fighting for like indigenous communities like all over the place. So not, not just in Guatemala, but other places in Latin America and also, um, the Native Americans here in the U.S. So yeah, she's an amazing person. It, um, her story is 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 of like heartbreak, and then like you said, Maria, resilience. She's she's strong. And that's why I chose her. Okay, so I'll go next. Um, I actually had an entire conversation with this about my best friend because I feel like I'm very uneducated when it comes to women in history. I had no idea. I'm from on my dad's uh, from Guatemala. I had no idea who Rigoberta was at all until that Ihas post. Um, so I'm currently like trying to educate myself. So I don't have like a historical like person. I like genuinely don't really other than Frida don't know any other like woman in history really which makes me really sad because you know that's you know it's my culture um and it sucks um so instead i decided to choose a person a woman who really has impacted my my life which is actually my therapist um and so, and I know she's going to listen to this because <laughs> uh, she, she asked, but my therapist, she, um, she's also 
a Latina and she's from the Ecuador. Um, she's, um, she's really um, helped me through so much. I've been seeing her for almost four years now, which is really crazy since I was 17. Um, and so she's, she's really seen me at my worst and um, I've learned so much from her. And I'm still learning. I don't listen to her all the time, but I've learned a lot from her. From her, and I even when I don't listen, I still take it and I write it. So when I do listen, it's there. But um, yeah, she's a really yeah. She's she's great. I I truly don't know where I would be at this point in my life if I hadn't gotten help when I did. Um, and yeah, she's so shout out to her. She knows who she is. <laughs> You're like, Honestly, um, <laughs> no therapy is such a, a wonderful tool and I wish I'd taken advantage of it sooner. Um, but like growing up that, that just felt like something that wasn't for me, um, even though I did have to go to therapy for a small while, a small while while I was little, um, I didn't see the benefit of it. And so I just figured that was like a white people thing. And it sounds ignorant, you know, but that's just how I saw it. Like, no, it's not for me. Um, but yeah, I actually, so before I even talk about my woman um, hero, I was going to say that I found a therapist around November and I specifically sought out a Spanish speaking therapist mm -hmm. because listening to you know people talk about their experiences going to therapy I was like why did it never occur to me to look for one that spoke Spanish that was able to relate to experiences growing up as a Latinx person um so yeah that's I highly recommend it I know it's not affordable for everybody and I only took advantage of it because my job was offering like tweet uh 20 free sessions or whatever but man those sessions are good um but anyway so my woman um hero so similar to Lenny, I didn't, um, I, I, I hate to say this, but I don't really know a lot about it, women, uh, Latinx activists, and it's a shame because, you know, it's part of the culture and everything, but just didn't grow up with that. And so now I'm trying to educate myself more on it and slowly getting there. But I chose my mom and it's, it was a hard decision for me because my relationship with her isn't the best and it has never been, but Despite that, I feel like she did the best she could um, as a mom. And so, you know, I, I made it out alive. And so she went through a lot of things. And I feel like a lot of Hispanic moms go through a lot of things that they don't talk about. It's not openly talked about. And I wish that they felt they had more of a voice to do so. And my mom's always been the type to be um, her... <laughs> Her personality and mine clash a lot because I'm a, more of a quiet person, laid back, and she's very much a, a fun, talkative, always chatting it up with people, and she doesn't take anything from anyone, but I think that she's just gone through so many things, and she hasn't been able to talk about them that I want to be a voice for her experiences, and so that's why I chose her. And I just wanted to say something about the whole, like, not knowing about, like, like women's history, I feel like that's very purposeful. Um, like within like the K through 12 education system, like 
a lot of the education we get is white, it is male, and it is cis. Like they really like don't bring up any anything else that exists like outside of that, right? I feel like even going to school, like the only women that I really learned about was like Rosa Parks and like Sojourner Truth, right? And it's just like, and it was only like on Black History Month. Like never did we learn about them like in another, in another light or like in another time that wasn't very specific to like Black History Month. And it's just like, and that itself was just like, thankful that that happened because that was rare like some of my classmates didn't even learn about them you know so it's just like I think it's very purposeful that like K through 12 education keeps us like separate from like our history because I feel that like if we were to learn about all of these women who are resilient you know and went against the system and wanted to like change it because you know it's kind of messed up not kind of it's very messed up but you know it would really give us like a different sense of self and a different sense of power. So it's just like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't blame yourselves or be like, oh, I feel bad that I don't know this. Um, because it's just like that type of information is meant to be kept from you because people don't want you to learn about your ancestors, right? They don't want you to know that you come from a legacy or like, like a long legacy of like resilience and strength and, you know, just badass women in general, you know, I don't know if I can say that on here. I don't know. I said it, it's been said, um, but like, you know, so it's just like, I think that even through this space, I feel like we're all in sort of like a learning like stage, right? I feel that like learning both from like all the things that we do with Ikas Unidas, but even in this podcast, right? Like, if we want to continue to talk about our women heroes, like we can do that. Cause y'all are like, y'all, like we're not like for me, for example, I have very limited li women heroes that I have. And it's just because like I studied them in college and not everybody has that privilege to be like, I'm gonna study Latinx history or Latinx studies. Because even like, even though I studied that, my parents were like, what are you gonna do with that? And I'm just like, well, here I am now giving you these random facts about random people that I know through history, right? Um, but it's just like, I like, I would encourage you not to like feel bad about that. Cause like the system was made for us to be separate from that. And it's just like the fact that you're here and you're like, I want to learn and I'm going to do the work like that says a lot because a lot of people don't care to do that type of work because they're just like well I didn't learn about them like it doesn't matter to me but it's just like I feel like as women um we don't have that privilege to be like I don't want to connect with like where I came from or the roots that I come from because I feel like not knowing a lot of the times makes us feel like even more alone or at least for me um so like I also make a conscious effort like I not necessarily learn about a lot of like historical figures a lot of women historical figures but I at least like to read uh from a lot of like Latinx or brown women um because I feel like in reading that or reading stories by them for people like me makes me like have a better sense of self um so yeah I feel like I just went on a circle most of this for the viewers out there um when I talk I go in circles and then I end my tangent and then I'm like Ta -da! <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be um first of all it's our first episode so we definitely have to get the hang of it this is um I, I mean it's my first podcast doing one 
So there's definitely going to be some lapses. We still have to get used to it. Also, we're not together um, in person to do it. And I think that's going to be the hardest challenge to get over. Um, but it's going to be a great time. And I also wanted to say this earlier, but I know you mentioned that in high school, um, you guys had like a herstory month. Um, we never had one. I never heard about that in high school. And that's that's sad, you know, and like, yeah, we celebrated cultures but it was just like never a thing it was only I think it was like a one once a month type of yeah like one month out of the whole school year we celebrate diversity um but even then that diversity wasn't diverse because there's other cultures besides Mexican but for some reason my school decided to do a lot of Mexico and I'm like well there's other countries out there besides Mexico y'all know that right but they don't because they don't but anyways <laughs> so yeah that was my content. <laughs> oh, thank you. And it wasn't in in high school. It was in college for me. I, in high school, oh, we didn't. They did not c- care about. They, we didn't even do cultural month stuff. I feel like in high school, <laughs> like, so it was a mess. <laughs> yeah, the school educate the school education system is a joke. But here we are educating ourselves and spreading that to make it better for future people. I feel like we should put a disclaimer. Um, if we get anything wrong, um, please don't come for us. Please don't. Correct, correct us, please. Definitely correct us when we need to be corrected. Uh, but we're not scholars. I mean, we're, some of us are uh, we're either in college or graduated from college, but we're definitely not. Uh, we're not lecturers, professors. So go easy on us. <laughs> Disclaimer, these are our own personal opinions. <laughs> Do not, we are not professionals. You don't sue us for anything, please. Oh gosh. Definitely don't have the money to be sued. So don't I have five dollars. You that. can have that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but I guess we're gonna transition. We just wanted to end with um, I guess any kind of basically uh, literature or media that we wanted to share out as far as like recommendations that we like um, that we want to share with Mm -hmm, mm y'all. I think I feel like it's important um, to share uh, I'm Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter by Erika Sanchez because that is the book that started it all for us. Very easy read. Um, It's not too long. Very good book. Um, Definitely great insight. And it's going to be made into a Netflix special. Mm-hmm. So I'm so excited for that. Um, directed by America Ferra. So that's also very exciting. I remember the first time I saw her was in The Sisterhood of Traveling Pants. <laughs> and see her like try on the, the bridesmaid dress. That was just the funniest thing. Because I'm like, I relate to that. Dresses were not made for our bodies. Because they are made for skinnier bodies. But anyways, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, <laughs> I'm very excited for, for that special. And um, yeah, that book was really good. It was such an easy read. I think I finished it yeah. in a day. So good. Yeah, amongst like between all our social media, it seems like everybody's like super excited that it is being directed by her and that it is going to be put on out on like a major platform like Netflix. So I'm super excited about it. I can't wait to like see the journey, what it comes into. Me too. The only thing I'm worried about is that like, Netflix isn't going to give her enough of a budget in order yep. to, you, yeah. you know the mess that happened with the Selena series. Those wigs. Um, just in. <laughs> just in. Do we want to say that? was that? a mess. That was a mess. That should be a whole episode itself because we got a lot of things to say about that. Yeah. I mean, just in general, I think women in film, 
yeah. for not, they're not given enough or they're not given enough credit um, for their work. And it's very hard to even like pitch something. If you're a woman, if you want to direct something, that's so hard. And the fact that she's doing it, it's something. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that it's her. The first place that I saw her was in Ugly Betty. Oh my God. Um, and then I'm just like, ever since then, I fell in love with her. If y'all watch like that, that, that show, what is it? Cloud Nine? Yes. Uh, yeah. Superstar? Super is it called Superstar? I don't know. I forgot, Nine? but I've been watching it's so, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's also good. She like left the show, which now that she yeah. left, but I'm like, I don't want to watch it no more. It's not <laughs> um, But she also comes out there like, I think that's the most recent place that I've seen her. And well, of course, we're going to see her see her work now that she's you know directing this um mm-hmm. but yeah I'm like that was a beautiful recommendation because that is where we started and you know maybe one day you know Erica Sanchez is just like oh look hija sumida, y'all started because of the book and then she's just like let me talk to y'all not we that should... it'll happen you know but hopefully uh, one can dream <laughs> we should DM one can her. hope <laughs> we should you should dm her we should dm her that's fair. Okay, we're gonna put that on the to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like since we're in books, I wanted to recommend um, sort of a collection of poems that is called uh, Peluda Poems by Melissa Lozada Oliva. Um, and it's also like a fairly thin book um, because it's like a poetry book. Um, but she talks a lot about sort of... Um, what is it called? Sort of these different stigmas that I feel like have been passed down generation to generation because of, you know, like machismo and marianismo and just like in general, like the patriarchy that runs very deep in a lot of Latinx cultures. Um, So she talks a lot about hair and sort of like body hair um, and just like general, like I said, like like this idea of like being ladylike um and I found myself a lot of the times relating um to her and like she talks about her mom like her mom used to clean houses and then she got her own beauty salon and so like she also talks about like the struggles of being like a low-income person or like being part of the working class so book wise I feel like that's my recommendation for this time around um I don't have a book to recommend but I would recommend listening to Latinx Therapy if no if uh, no one's heard it yet. Their episodes are really good, and I like that. Um, I forgot the the host of it, her name, but she also does both the Spanish version and the English version, and they just deal with a lot of Latinx issues and co- like parenting wise and everything like that. So that would be my recommendation. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I kind of made it seem like we were recommending books but it doesn't have to just be books sorry. I'm like I feel like I put us in a box um but I guess for film since we also were talking about film and it's Women's History Month um I wanted to recommend the film called or it's a documentary it's called Señorita Extraviada um by Lourdes Portillo um I feel like it is um it is a sad film because it ch- talks about or it begins to talk about the feminicidios that are happening in Mexico um, so this is like when we think about NAFTA and like what NAFTA did to Mexico, like it increased the number of maquiladoras that existed along the border of Mexico and the United States. 
And like with these maquilas, there was like a lot of dangerous conditions that were bred. Um, and so this left women extra vulnerable to violence, not only by men, but by the state. So Lourdes Portillo sort of creates this like masterpiece, I would say, of a film that really calls out the Mexican government and its like inability to do anything to achieve justice for the many women that were found like in the desert, abused, um, and then just left there to die and rot. Um, so if y'all are interested in learning about sort of the start of feminicidios, because as we know, feminicidios are still happening in Mexico to this day. Women are still protesting and fighting for the right to life <laughs> in Mexico. And not that it's different in any other country, but there's like a pressing or like an urgency there because so many of like our fellow like hijas or comadres like are not making it another day, you know? And I know that I made it sad, um, but I feel like we all need to sort of learn about these things that are happening like basically next door. Um, so that'll be my film recommendation. Not that I'm putting anybody in a box or trying to tell people that the next thing that they have to share is a movie recommendation, but I'm just saying that was a, that was a movie or a film. <laughs> Um, since since we're on the topic of femicide, uh, the three deaths of Marisela, which is on Netflix, um, so super easy to get to to navigate to. It has like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It is a great documentary. I recommend anybody go watch it. Uh, it is in Spanish. Throw on some English subtitles if you uh, if you don't speak Spanish. It is a great 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 story about a mother who's fighting for her daughter, and it is super super sad I'm sorry you probably will cry um but it's a story that needs to be told and it deserves to be told mm -hmm. it is beautiful and you can find Senorita Extraviada on YouTube like it's on there for free too uh sorry I didn't share the platform before uh for me I was actually re-watching it I've watched this show so many times which is one day at a time on Netflix <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that show i am so upset that netflix decided to yes. cancel it off their streaming service i so disappointed in that it was it's so good um just beautiful i've cried so many times i've started i was actually watching it right before this um but i think it just touches on like really big topics that are just like we don't talk about in our community um which yeah go watch it's beautiful i was like we should have an episode where we just talk about one day at a time because like you said there's so many things to oh, talk about. Yes. <laughs> i was like we should we I'm should rewatch it Let's i've watched it. it yes i'm down same add that to the list too maybe we should have a, <laughs> a running list of like ideas that come up as we're sort of recording <laughs> But yes, I have another recommendation, and this is my last one. I know I talk a lot. I'm sorry. Um, but I don't know if y'all have seen or have heard of Yvonne Gal uh, Galas. Um, she's been shared a lot recently by, like, Me Too and, like, Pero Like and all these other, like, Latinx places. Like, she is uh, she's a Latinx artist, and she's, like, right now she's, I guess, the talk of a lot of people because she released an album of Corridos. And before her, there hasn't been like a full album of corridos by women released 
or something of the sorts. The album is fire. Um, I have already added it to my Spanish playlist and I'm already in my feels. Um, I actually shared a song of hers on my Instagram. I was like, dang, at my ex who's currently trying to be my friend, <laughs> but you know, not trying to be with me. Um, anyways, I hope she does not listen to this podcast because then she's going to be like, dang Marie, you're talking about me. <laughs> Um, it's okay. So I have lots of exes. Nobody knows. Nobody knows who it'd be about. Um, let me see. I don't remember the name of the album by the top of my head, uh, but it's called, um, Voy en Camino. Um, and so like, that's also one of the songs. Uh, it's really good. Like I said, I've already listened to it like three times today, just today. Um, so I should go and support, like I said, this, she's like making like history, I guess, or at least like in the music industry, like it's a really big deal. Cause like, as we know, like corridos, like banda, like a lot of those types of genres are very male dominated. Not that any other genre isn't male dominated. Really. <laughs> we live in a very male dominated world. Um, but yes, um, if y'all like corridos, cause I also know that's not everybody's jam. Um, y'all should go listen to it. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna listen little... until I take a shower. <laughs> I'm gonna get on my field. Yeah, I saw the little snippet that you put on your Instagram, and I immediately I like went to my Spotify and just like added to. Want to add her to my list? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then I guess we can go ahead and close. Thanks for listening to our first episode. Um, welcome to Ias Gavlan and this journey that we're about to go on. We're not really sure where it's leading. Uh, but we're taking it. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Ihasunidas, actually on all our social medias at Ihasunidas, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram. On our Instagram, you can find our Discord where we have tons of different chats. We have a book club, we have pen pals, we're getting ready to launch a magazine. Like, come check us out. Uh, we're definitely happy to have you and join in the conversations. Yay! Yes. And also, if you still want to submit to the magazine, you still can. The info for all of that is on our Instagram, also on Facebook, but our Instagram sort of houses everything. Um, so if y'all want to submit to the magazine, y'all are welcome to. Um, but yes, this was fun. I hope that other people are like, we're going to join next time. <laughs> I don't know how Yes, I'm like, next time. I can't tell you to subscribe and turn on your notification bells because that's on YouTube. Uh, but whatever it is that is on podcast, do that. I think you can still subscribe, subscribe. or you can follow. So definitely do that. What do, what do they say at the end? Rate us. Five, five. stars. <laughs> Drop us. <laughs> Rate us only nothing five else. stars. Rate yeah, us only we, five we will stars. Accept nothing else. Nothing <laughs> below five. Um, yeah. Thanks. And All right. welcome. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Yay. <laughs>